Welcome to the Kick-Ass Dads Podcast. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Dad Talks Tactics Podcast. Join the Kick-Ass Dad, myself, as I delve into the world of martial arts tactics, discussing everything from martial arts, and may even get into navigating life as a father, insights on single parenting. Um, but in general, it's going to be a martial arts podcast. Um, I'm going to start out with the Talks Talks Tactics Podcast, uh, where I just take a weekly uh, topic on martial arts and uh, discuss it. Uh, and then I kind of plan to expand into doing interviews, uh, may start covering other news and stuff as well eventually. But uh, yeah, I was going to start off with the uh, talks tactics. So just a weekly uh, topic on various things within uh, martial arts. Uh, so make sure that you uh, subscribe to the uh, podcast here on YouTube and everywhere else that you uh, listen to podcasts because it will be available on Amazon, Google, Apple uh spotify and a host of other places where uh, podcasts are available so make sure that you like and subscribe share it with your friends and um yeah let's grow this and uh, di- uh tune in for you know this dynamic blend of wisdom hu- humor with a fresh perspective on being a kick-ass dad in today's world and how we can apply martial arts uh, in our personal lives and learn various tactical and self-defense related uh topics um, you can also follow the blog at uh, thekickassdad.space. Um, and let me go ahead and share my screen here. So yeah, thekickassdad.space. And that is where the blog, you can access the blog um, where I will be pulling the topics that I am sharing from. And basically I'll be just... Uh, discussing one of the uh, blog posts uh, and and maybe other some relevant information. So um, that is that. And so today's topic is going to be David versus Goliath, how to fight a larger opponent. Um, And before we get into it, I want to go ahead and um, look at some videos of some smaller people fighting bigger people and coming out on top. Um, Now, there are some martial arts that are geared towards small people having an advantage over big people. Uh, For example, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, they say Elio Gracie uh, intentionally developed uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu so a small person can have advantage over a larger opponent. Uh, Wing Chun was developed by a woman, so it's another martial art that was geared towards a smaller person combating a larger person. I also find Judo to be very helpful in grabbing a larger person and throwing them and hitting them hard with the earth. And I even find elements of sea lot helpful in, um, you know, moving people around positioning them and dropping them on the floor pretty hard. Um, now, of course, a solid foundation in any boxing, kickboxing or grappling art is pretty much necessary to survive a street fight. Uh, and, and of course, asymmetric tactics, attacking vulnerable targets like eyes, throats, groin, shin, and one I found a lot of use in dealing with larger opponents is hitting them in the solar plexus nice and hard. Um, that that You'll find that will work a lot. You know, uh, of course, throat, groin, eyes. When you're shooting your fingers into eyes, you got to be kind of careful that they have a longer reach. And you might get the eye, but that clubber lane, that big arm might still come around and clock you in the head. And you might have got their eye, but they might have knocked you out. So that's where distance management becomes uh, important. And then uh, 
when you're managing the distance, then use your longest weapon to the nearest target. So sidekick the knee, maintain that range. You know, those are some of the tactics that we're going to talk about here. But I want to go ahead and take a look at a couple of videos. One's going to be a street fight where a little guy gets uh, advantage on a bigger guy and another is an MMA fight. So I just want to show that there are illustrations out there of smaller guys um, dealing with larger opponents and coming out on top. Uh, and I've had more than my share of experience with this. So I can say that there are definitely some tactics that we'll talk about that are useful. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start. First is this street fight where a smaller guy ends up knocking out the larger guy. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. All right. So the uh, first video we're going to watch here, uh, simply how a little guy chaos a bigger guy. And let's go full screen. And let's go ahead and watch this. See the bigger guy. And watch how he manages distance. He doesn't be near those hands. And he hits that chin. And boom, he's down. Distance management. Moving your head out the way. And he hits him right on the chin. Uh, it's kind of frozen here. Are we going to get to see that chin shot? Let's go back. All right, here we go. Boom. And whap right on the chin. Now, that might have been a lucky shot. You know, I don't know if this is a legit fight, but I know that if you're avoiding those big hands, see, that's one of the things that you have is that a bigger person, they have reach and they have strength, but a smaller person tends to have speed. Uh, they tend to be faster. So you might get to the hit quicker, but they might hit you hard afterwards. So you got to be careful, manage the distance, manage the damage, right? Uh, so let's go ahead and look at the next fight here. Let's get into it. All right, so here's the next fight that we're gonna look at. This is a smaller guy, much bigger guy. And let's go ahead and just take a look at this fight real quick. Right, they square off. And this guy is huge, man. He is just manhandling him. I mean, he's the guy's using his size, his weight. I mean, he is mauling this guy. I mean, it's brutal. They got a nice little leg sweep. He throws him out, shoves the ref. You know, he's not happy because this little guy is, you know, taking him to task. He ends up winning with the knockout, TKO, I guess, you know, but here we go, you know. So, I mean, that's the thing. I just wanted to illustrate that there are instances of... All right, so from the two videos, we see, um, one, the guy's using distance management, um, moving in and out, and um, he lands that, that lucky shot to the chin. Um, which was a good one. And the second one, the guy is getting mauled. You know, he gets a sweep in here and there. He's taking it to task. You tell the big guy is getting mad because he's having a hard time with the little guy. Um, so, I mean, you can see, they're just illustrating this a couple points. There's a whole bunch of other ones that you can find on there. Just look up little guy knocking out big guy or small MMA fighter taking on a large MMA fighter, and you'll you'll find tons of them. Um, so let's let's talk about some of the tactics that you use to deal with a larger opponent. Um, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, distance management is important. Don't let them get close to you with those long arms that reach. Um, if you can sector, move to the outside, get a hard throw, hit them with the earth, you know, wake them up with a little, you know, uh, a cement smack, just hit them hard with the cement. Uh, again, use your longest weapon to the nearest target. So you're going to use your, you know, G tech or your sidekick to the knee. Finger jab to the eye, maintain the distance. Be careful if you're shooting your hand to the eye. If they got longer reach, 
You're going to want to make sure you slip in, bobbing and weaving, keep your head out the way so you're not getting hit. You might get the eyes while that big old hand is coming. So make sure that you're managing, again, the distance manages damage. So um, when I've dealt with larger guys, I want more for the sidekick to the knees, uh, sector to the outside, and then try to slip in and get a throw and hit them with the earth. Um, when you have a bigger person, you don't want to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, Right. You might be quicker. You might be able to slip, bob, and weave, and move, and hit them a bunch. But all they need is one good hard hit to your head, and you're unconscious, you know. So um, I would never go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a bigger person. Um, growing up in the, the inner city, you know, I had to deal with gang violence, working as security as a bouncer, um, at times having to deal with, you know, large drunk guys. You know, I'm like 5'11 myself. So I'm not the shortest guy on the block, but, you know, occasionally you'll deal with somebody who's like 6'3", six, 6'6", six, six, they're drunk, they're belligerent, you know, they think because they're big, they can boss people around, do what they want to do, and, you know, then you've got to take care of it, especially if your job is to calm them down and they're acting unruly in, you know, like a club or space like that. So, um, so some other tactics that you can use, of course, with the distance management, interceptions, maintaining your distance and range, you know, your elbow destructions off their hits, knee destructions off their kicks, you know, make them hurt, forward pressure, and then terminate the fight with headbutt, knees, and elbows, right? You've got to deal with the immediate danger, violently counterattack, and then evacuate the danger zone, right? I mean, the best way to avoid a fight is no be there. So I don't want to be there. I don't want, you know, if you can avoid the fight, talk your way out. Use your verbal de-escalation skills. You know, if you're working security, law enforcement, as a bouncer, you know, your your goal, your job is to keep the party flowing and, you know, take care of people that, you know, if they need to go, they need to go. Um, you know, your job isn't there to, you know, pick fights and, and, and that kind of thing. It's to de-escalate, you know, and, and keep the party moving, not, not ruin people's nights or, end up having to deal with personal liability when they want to come back and sue you. you got to be careful with that nowadays. So um, hopefully the, the place you're working is going to cover you for any liabilities like that. But at the end of the day, still, you know, personal liability lawsuits is, is something that you have to think about. So um, and then after the altercation, if something happens, always do a field check for injuries, uh, report to proper authorities if you need to, and then deal with stress with rest, you know, take care of yourself, right? Uh, and, and after an incident, make sure that you, you know, plead the fifth. Don't don't tell the cops anything until you get a lawyer. Um, just be careful to avoid self-incrimination and don't use martial art terminology when um, if you have an altercation where you defend yourself. Um, and, and I know I just kind of got into tactics a little bit, but let me kind of back up uh and talk about my experience with dealing with larger opponents so i just gave you some tactics and stuff and let me talk about why i come to like this is how you're going to have to use you know your skills and tactics to uh you know one de-escalate two if it escalates outside of your control then what are the tools that you have right so i kind of preloaded it gave you some stuff now let me talk to you about why i you know kind of do things that way and um so, so we're going to go through some of my experiences here. Um, you know, as Bruce Lee's credited with saying, you know, someone who's had a year of boxing and grappling skills will do far much better than a traditional martial artist, at least, you know, coming from the, the 60s, 70s at the time. Nowadays with MMA, you got boxing and grappling, kickboxing and grappling. So, you know, there's a higher level of general uh, competency from one, I mean, people who train MMA, 
and two, from people watching it, trying to emulate it. So, you know, the fight game has evolved. So as such, you evolve or die. You got to evolve, right? You got to stay constant fluid flowing like a river, right? You know, any combat sport's going to give you workable skills that are pressure tested. Uh, you know, it's important to pressure test your skills so that whatever you do is functional. You know, we have self-preservation, which is fighting to save your life and self-perfection. So then there are skills you do to develop and become a better fighter. Uh, it's just like when, you know, like the Dallas Cowboys or the 49ers, you know, they're, when they're doing their preseason prep, you know, they may do things other than, you know, football. They may have, um, you know, the, the football players do other specialized skills that teach them balance, mobility, and, and give them tactics they can use in a fight. Um, you know, I know stories of like when Dan Anasano was working with the, uh, I think Dan Anasano, Tim Tackett, the, I think Larry Hartzell might have worked with them as well. But, you know, working with the Cowboys and the 49ers and they're, they're doing, you know, Sinawali and Hubud and Lopsau and, you know, they're, they're learning sensitivity drills and the, the coordination and, and, um, just, I remember stories of coaches saying that those things really, uh, expedited the skills and, and made them better as football, um, you know, in, in the football game. So just the same in the martial arts, there's different specialized skills you can learn from different martial arts that's going to make you better. So, you know, it's not the martial art, it's the practitioner. Any practitioner can make any martial art work. I mean, there's arts that are geared towards fighting and they're going to give you more skills, but, you know, a skilled street fighter can make karate work. Um, I remember one of the first times I made Taekwondo work in a street fight. Uh, kid was picking on my sister. I went to shut it down. And me and him get an altercation. And I, I was doing Taekwondo and I, I felt the inclination to do a round kick to his head. But I covered it with a jab cross from boxing. And then I round kicked him in the head and boom, he went down. Um, now, I, you know, in Taekwondo, they didn't teach me to do the tr the boxing jab cross round kick. Uh, but I, you know, I had picked up some boxing skills, so I used my hands to cover my foot. I didn't just stick my foot in his head, but I went bang, bang, and that foot was up, boom, and I hit his head, and boom, he was, sure enough, it hit him hard. Um, so there are ways, because I was before, you know, I had trained, you know, really heavily in Jeet Kune Do and Muay Thai and, you know, other more combat-focused arts, um, but I made Taekwondo work before really getting into that stuff later on, right? So you can make any martial art work. It's not the art, it's the practitioner, right? So, you know, all that to say, let me kind of go back and talk about my experiences dealing with larger opponents, right? So uh, I would say twice in elementary school, I got in altercations with bullies that were taller, larger than me, um, and I sent him packing, sent him away crying and bleeding. I was the smaller guy, right? Uh, I'm talking about kids who are bigger and stronger, you know, by a good amount. You know, uh, it wasn't even. Um, definitely, you know, the, the first incident that I remember was, um, I don't know. I mean, I was, I think, first, second grade, maybe. I don't know. But there was this bully on my block, and he was picking on me and my friend Peter, and um, he, he lived on, you know, the house kind of in the corner. We're down at Oceanside, um, kind of down by Buccaneer Park in Oceanside, somewhere over in that area, kind of. Anyways, um, you know, he's 
shoving us, harassing us, taking our stuff. So anyways, like I have this idea, like my uncle's in town and and he's like, he'll, he gives you these hugs, a bear hugging and crush you. I go inside. I'm like, hey, dad, can you have an uncle go out and crush this dude? And he's like, no. I mean, like, like that was the thing to do. A ask an adult to crush a kid. But I was a kid at the time. I, I wasn't, you know, I was unaware of that's that's not going to happen. But it was kind of funny. So anyways, I'm inside and I'm like, man, well, what am I going to do? So he's like, nah, go back and face him. If he pushes you, push him back. If he pushes you again, hit him in the nose. And he shut. He he basically kind of pushes me out the door. He's like, all right, go. Like, he's not. He's not like hanging in the house. No, no, go face your your, your demon. Go fight it. You know, go deal with it. <laughs> so I go back outside. Me and my friend Peter are playing, and this dude. Sure enough, he shoves me. I shove him back. He shoves me. Bat. I hit him right in the nose. His nose, just blood, just starts coming out. And it was the funniest thing because you see this big dude and he's pondering what to do. He's he's walking away. He's holding his face, his blood going down. And um, anyways, he kept doing this thing where he'd walk away. He turns around, looks at me like he just wants to come back and do something. But he just kept <laughs> he kept, you know, it was like this whole back and forth thing. And eventually he just walked off, went home. He never messed with me again. Right. Not Like he never bullied me, messed with me, nothing. And so I learned a lesson. Hit hard, hit first. Make them bleed, make them cry. No matter if they're tall. I mean, I had to swing up when I when I I had to swing up. It was he was not in my. I was swinging up when I swung. I mean, he was he was at least three grades ahead of me. I'd say you know he 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 was close to a like adult or teenage size. He was a pretty good sized person, so he wasn't you know like a small little you know pushover. But anyway, so you know my dad when I get back, he's like, don't ever start a fight. But if somebody else starts a fight, you finish a fight. You won't get in trouble with me if you finish the fight. But if you start the fight, you'll get in trouble. And so that kind of was like, all right, I I got to be smart. If I'm on fight, I got to fight to win. But I also got to try to avoid fights. Uh, you know, school was kind of another issue. Like kindergarten, growing up in the inner city, uh, it feels like, uh, you know, fights are obligatory. Did this happen? You don't have a choice much. You just kind of you know, somebody's angry, you're in somebody's territory. I mean, going in the wrong neighborhood that, that, that happened a few times, but I remember, uh, you know, two kids in kindergarten pick fights with me. One of them, I tried to, uh, run away and climb a fence just to get away from the fight. And I was up for like student of the month, but because I ran away and climbed the fence to get away from a kid trying to fight me, I lost that. The only time in elementary school, <laughs> That almost got like, I mean, like literally teacher had done all everything. It was like, oh, you're going to student month. And then bang, I climbed the fence to get away from a fight. So I started to learn like, you know, what's the point in like running from a fight if you're going to get in trouble. So might as well just stick around and fight, you know. Um, but yeah, like I said, fighting kind of became an inevitable. Sometimes I didn't want to fight. So I would just let it go. I'd take a hit or two and I'd just be like, chill out. Uh, I remember this little dude was trying to pick a fight with me, which is kind of other direction. I just put my hand on his head and held him there. I was like, dude, chill out. You, you know, you can get knocked out if you don't stop. He's like, I'm going to kick your ass after school. I was like, bro, really? It's not going to happen. But good luck. Um, so anyways, you know, that was kind of like growing up was was a little rough like that. At some point, I picked up the towel of Jeet Kune Do, uh, And eventually, like Bruce Lee's uh, Fighting Method, the four books, and I got myself some training equipment and gear in my backyard. I had like a speed bag, a heavy bag, 
Um, and I, and then I picked up the uh, VHS of Bruce Lee's fighting method with Ted Wong and Richard Bustillo. And so I started practicing the stuff um, and, um, you know, teaching myself how to punch and kick and, you know, bob and weave and all those kind of basic things. And then in high school, I got into wrestling. Um, wasn't too long after wrestling that I started getting into Taekwondo and Eskrima a little bit. And then I was vice president of the martial arts uh club on my at my school and um a friend of mine was teaching me aikido and stuff and i teach like taekwondo and whatnot but at this point so by high school i and i started doing martial arts and i started feeling confident before i felt like if somebody talked smack i had to like respond with aggression but now that i started learning martial arts i was like you know i don't have to fight you know the art of fighting without fighting um and so um well, let me go back before I get into high school again. Let me go back. In fourth grade, okay, so yeah, this is my other incident in, in um, elementary school. I was in fourth grade. There was sixth grade. He was a big dude. Uh, and he was picking on this other kid, one of the kids I got in a fight with in kindergarten, one of the kids that picked a fight with me. And I find out that guy was getting bullied by his bigger brother, and so like he was just letting out his aggression and whatnot. But um, you know, I would I really didn't have a beef with the guy, but if you wanted to start something, I'd finish it. That's what my dad taught me, right? So, anyways, this dude Jeremy, uh, he um he was getting picked up picked on by this guy. I was, you know, shoving him, hitting him and what stuff, whatnot. And so I walk up and I'm like, I don't know, this inner superhero in me just rose up. And I'm like, why am I defending a, a guy who picked a fight with me before? Just the principle of some big dude beating up on a little dude just just riled me up. So I was I walked up and I was like, "Hey, pick up on pick on somebody your own size." And he's bigger than me, so it's not like I had size on on my side. He was again, he was a guy I had to reach up when it came time to start swinging. But again, true to form, and the same thing my dad said: if he pushes you, push him back. He pushes you again, just hit him in the nose. Right. So, I mean, this is simple. It's, it's not too complicated, but, you know, so, yeah, he shoves me. I shove him back. He shoves me again. Pop! Right in the right in the nose. Bleeding. You can see the same thing going through this kid's mind. He wants to kick my ass, but his face is bleeding. You're leaking blood. It's an issue. Right. And, and of course, this is elementary school. So this isn't like a mugger or a robber or something. This is a bully. And here's the thing. I find that bigger guys aren't used to certain levels of pain they're not used to little guys bringing the pain and so when when you give them pain you make their face bleed they're in shock you know there's a certain amount where you know bigger guys can take hits from smaller people but there are certain things that they just don't know what to do with um we'll get into another one that i found that worked but you know in elementary school hitting them in the nose and making their nose bleed worked right? That was, that was what worked at that point. Um, but yeah, so in high school, I start getting into martial arts and stuff. And I'm like, I no longer feel the need. I now know how to fight. I don't feel like if somebody's talking smack, I have to like become more aggressive. And, you know, I, I tried to talk my way out of it. I remember one fight with some kid, he, we were in the hallway and uh, he's talking smack and, you know, getting bunk i forget what he was all upset about but he went to throw a punch and i just guided him into the wall behind me and was like bro dude you need to chill out dude it's not gonna go well for you and he calmed down um now there was another guy because i told you i was on the wrestling team right so 
there was a guy, I was like 155 at the time. This dude was like 185, you know, so he had a few pounds. I mean, he's a little bigger. He had been doing wrestling for like a year and a half. I had just started. Um, and he kind of had a grudge because he tried to pick a fight with me when he was, he, before he had put on some weight. And um, that one didn't go well for him. Um, but anyways, he had put on weight. He's bigger than me. He'd been doing wrestling for a year and a half. But this guy, you know, really had, he had turned into one of those bully types. So now he's big, you know, he's picking on people. He's messing with people. And uh, anyways, he, he starts talking trash to me because, you know, apparently he wants to turn the tables. He started the fight the first time and I just told him to chill out and it didn't go well. But, you know, now he's bigger than me. And, you know, I, I hadn't been hitting the gym every day like he was. And uh, maybe I gave the guy focus. Maybe he was coming back. It was payback. I don't know. But anyways, so anyways, you know, uh, he's talking smack. He goes to throw a punch and I just take him and and guide his face into the fence behind me, you know, uh, double, you know, block, just throw him into the thing. And then he keeps talking smack. Oh, you know, martial arts, blah, blah, blah. And I go and position myself in front of the stairs because he's still coming. And then he goes to kick me and I just guide him down the stairs and, you know, tumbling down the stair and stuff. And you think that was enough. It wasn't. But it was kind of funny. Right. So then it's the beginning of P.E. Then P.E. goes and we had to climb like this rope. And, I, and you know, I'm I'm climbing this rope and somebody's like, well, for a ninja boy, you don't climb ropes too well. And I'm like ninja boy what you talking about anyway so whatever so apparently i got the name ninja boy from throwing people in the fences and walls but mind you it wasn't enough for this dude he wasn't done right so anyways into pe i'm leaning on the wall this is at el camino high school down by the uh the pe area and the the walls are like rough rough not good for your hands or your face or anything like that so avoid them <laughs> They, 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 yeah anyway so i'm sitting there and like there's a group of guys around me talking to me who are like oh my gosh i can't believe that you just threw him in the fence and threw him down the stairs because i mean he had been bullying people and so they're like yo that's cool you kicked his ass you know like turn the tides whatnot so anyways all i know is i'm sitting there like there's like three four guys and I look over the shoulder and I see dude coming and all I see right over, over the guy's shoulders, I see this fist coming like this at me. I slip to the side and just let his hand crash into the wall behind me. And I see a little, little blood on his knuckle as he pulls out. But as he's coming over my shoulder, I'm looking over his shoulder and the PE coach is right there. And I'm just doing this slipping the punch, watching the PE coach as he busts his hand. And then the PE coach grabs him by his, his shirt and goes, all right, come with me. And, and then numb nuts <laughs> as he's walking off goes man why'd you move i was just gonna hit you man bro what are you talking about like i'm gonna just i'm just gonna take it to the face what what are you thinking i mean the first two didn't work three is gonna work for you now i mean the definition of insanity is doing the same thing expecting it's gonna work it did not work um anyways that was the funniest response i was like bro really Nah, my face is too pretty to stay here. You can bust your hand. Don't be stupid. Anyways, that was that was so dumb. I was like, really, dude, please. Anyways, so um, let's see. So there were two other instances in high school where I dealt with really big guys. I mean, like linebackers. Um, one was a really big Samoan dude. He was big. He was built. He was huge. Anyways. He was like this stupid reputation was going around Ninja Boy. Like I was not a fan because 
people are like, oh, you bad. What you going to do? I'm going to hurt you. You can't stop me. Dude in PE kept talking it. And um, I hit him in the solar plexus. And he kept talking and he's trying to throw punches. I hit him in the temple. And he's like, you know, holding his head and stuff. And I was like, yeah, not so cool, bro. Like, it, it kind of sucked because people were wanted to challenge me and shit. I was not like going, hey, let's have a fight. It wasn't my wasn't my goal. But like, oh, you're ninja boy. I heard you kick so-and-so's. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the this this Simone dude, I forget his name right now, but um he was talking smack, oh you can't hurt me, oh da 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 da. And uh okay, I was like, all right, let's go. And um I was just looking straight at his solar plexus. Like all I was thinking is I am just gonna hit you in the solar plexus as hard as I can. And so he starts to throw hands and boom, I hit him in the solar plexus and I hear <laughs> And he's like, stop, stop, stop. Like, he didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, you wanted to see what I could do. You pick a fight. You throw hands. And I'm in the middle of defending myself because he's starting to throw hands. And I hit him hard in the solid plate. You want me to stop? Like, I'm like, bro, really? So anyways, uh, we never had an altercation again. After that, he always wanted to be my friend and whatnot, which was, was kind of funny. Um, and then the other altercation that I had... Uh, was on a bus and I was joking around with a friend of mine. Like I was, you know, like, you know, friends, you kind of talk smack to each other. I was kind of talking smack. Well, I don't know if he knew we were friends, but he, he took offense to it. He started talking shit. Now this guy was a linebacker on our football team. His nickname was refrigerator. Dude was huge, 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 huge. <laughs> uh, I, I did not want him to get close to me. All I did was line up, go sideways. And for me at that point, I didn't want him to like get a hold of me, hit me. Uh, it was sidekicks to the knees was what I, you know, how I kept my distance and, and, you know, was able to walk away from that situation. Um, so I would say the collective wisdom I got from, you know, my schooling upbringing as a child is hit him hard, make him bleed, hit him in the solar plexus, uh, you know, sidekick in the knee, you know, maintain distance right because the sidekicks to the knees work hit him in the solar plexus work hit him in the nose make the nosebleed worked you know um i found that those really helped me a lot they they kept me i was the one who walked away without getting punched hit and hurt which you know i'm lucky i didn't get my face smashed in right um but um you know so those are tactics that i found that work um as, you know, I grew up and I get into martial arts more, you know, started getting more into the uh, Jeet Kune Do, the kickboxing, the grappling and stuff. Uh, you know, I find in addition to those things that getting them to a position where you can throw them hard and hit them with the earth. So maintain your distance, strike the knee, strike the groin, strike the throat, strike the solar plexus. Fingers to the eyes, your asymmetric tactics, your distance management are like hugely important things to do. Uh, but if you can sector and get, you know, get a, you know, get a, uh, you know, side clinch and hit them with the earth or you can get in and, you know, whether it's a Sotogari or a Ogoshi or something, you get in and you throw them hard into the earth. You know, they did a, a study of street fights and it was like 96% of fights where the person threw somebody to the ground 
uh, led to like an advantage of the person doing the throwing. So if you can get them and throw them and then get to ground and pound, you know, um, you know, you're going to be really successful when it comes to a street fight. You know, MMA, it's a little different. You're going to have to play more of a game. But in the street, you know, hard throws and ground and pound is, you know, your bread and butter. Um, you know, if you're in law enforcement or security or you're dealing with a drunk uncle in, you know, submissions. But, um, you know, and, and submissions can can play a role when you're trying to restrain somebody in the street as well. Um I always like to say, you know, we fight like demons to protect our angels. You know, if a devil's coming at you, uh, you don't want to leave them injured. You want to walk them away. You know, you want them walking away in pain or, you know, uh, taking a uh, hit them in the ENT so they can take a ride in the EMT to urgent care. Right. Ear, nose and throat. Hit them in the ears, nose and throat. Send them to the EMT so that the ENT can help them out. Right. Anyways. That's my bad pun for the day. Um, so uh, I don't know how many people may have seen this, but kind of I like the mindset of Rorschach and the Watchmen. Uh, when you find yourself in a room surrounded by your enemies, you should tell yourself, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> you know, when it comes to fighting people who are bigger, dealing with mass attack, dealing with weapons in a self-defense street fighting situation, you need to have that mindset that I'm going to fight so dirty, so hard, so aggressively that they're going to regret thinking about doing this. Now, I try to talk people out of dumb decisions, right? Um, it was um, like 4th of July and I'm at Walmart and this dude is drunk, pushing his cart around, rams into my leg. I'm like, hey, watch out, dude. And he starts talking crap to me and he's like, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, bro, it's not going to work out for you, man. There's better ways to go around and get yourself hurt. You might want to chill out with all that. And his wife is right there, too. He's drunk, you know, trying to, he's like, wait till you get outside. I'm going to F you up and da-da-da. I'm like, bro, there there are things you could do with your life that are a lot better than this. Why don't you just chill out, bro? Just like, oh, you know. Anyways, I talked him out of it. I was like, it's not worth it, dude. I'm like, honestly, you drunk. You don't got the skills. I don't want to fight you. I mean, it's it's a waste of time. You know, uh, I'm not trying to fight people. I don't feel like I have to fight people when they act like that anymore. So if you can, I use sarcasm. There there might be, you know, better ways to deal with it. But if you could talk somebody out of a fight, talk it out. If you can walk away, walk away. It's a lot better than being in a fight because then you end up with scars and stuff from, you know, fights, altercations, you know, training accidents, whatever, you know, you, if you get in fights, there's, you increase the, the potential of injuries, you, you increase, you know, issues with liability, you know, it's better to live a life where you're calm, practice mindfulness, practice kindness, um, you know, try to avoid fights, don't be a child, right, you know, be a grown up, so, but anyway, so that's my talk tactics for today, that's, that's kind of my, you know, um, what I say when it comes to dealing with larger guys, like I said, when it comes to big guys getting in your face, you know, sidekick to the knees, maintain your distance, sector to the outside, throw them to the ground, uh, you know, hit the vulnerable targets, hit them hard, make them bleed, you know, hit targets like the eyes, groins and solar plexus. I mean, I've seen so much success with hitting them in the solar plexus. Like everybody has one, you hit it nice and hard, you know, 
like the whole, you know, just, just make them suck air, um, hit them hard, make them regret messing with you. Um, I mean, you're smaller, you, you have a disadvantage. I mean, now something to keep in mind is use of force escalation, right? If somebody's just talking smack, doesn't give me a right to hit them. But if they become aggressive and the signs show, if you see the, the violence indicators are saying, you know, he's swinging, he's, you know, going for a weapon, you know, he pulls back the punch, then, you know, you have all the rights, right? So once it becomes a self-defense situation, and if you guys agree to go out into the parking lot and square off, that's a greed fight. It's not self-defense. You can't claim self-defense if he's like, hey, let's go out to the parking lot, and you go out to the parking lot. You both willingly engage. Self-defense is when you're trying to de-escalate and somebody's attacking and you respond to that attack. So make sure that you use equal and appropriate force necessary to deal with an altercation. So if somebody's throwing hands, I'm throwing hands. If somebody's throwing hands, you're not pulling out knives, you're not pulling out your Glock and you know, popping off rounds or something, right? Now, if somebody does pull out a knife or a gun, then you have the right to uh, lethal force. Um, but um, in general, you wanna avoid you know moving to that level. Be, you know, the, they say it's better to be, you know, uh, judged by 12 and carried by six. Right. But at the same time, um, avoiding going to jail for, you know, assault or involuntary manslaughter. I mean, you're going to lose time from your job, your kids, it's going to affect your life. So you should not only try not to end up in a pine box, but you also don't want to have to be facing a jury box, right? So make sure that you make good decisions. You try to avoid it at all costs. These are the tactics I'm saying. Like if you have no other choice and some you're, you're cornered, some big dude's coming at you, do what you got to do. You work in security, law enforcement, you got to deal with the bigger guy. Now, security and law enforcement, the priorities are different. I mean, you can't just go around kicking somebody's rear end. I mean, kicking somebody's ass. I mean, I guess I can say that since it's the title of the podcast, but you can't go around just kicking somebody's ass when somebody's talking smack, right? So you want to make sure that, like, especially security law enforcement, you want to control and restrain them, right? And, and Versus, you know, you're there to, you know, finish the fight. Um, so, you know, priorities change. And so the tactics change. But again, Still, distance management, asymmetric tactics, hard throws should be your bread and butter. Maintain that distance, use your stop kicks, hit hard targets, you know, and if necessary, then you can use your, you know, entry uh, forward pressure and terminate tactics, right, from from the rat. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, that's that's my summary of how to fight a bigger person. Uh, those are some of my experiences. I left out a few of them. I mean, there's, there's a few more to go on, but uh, I'm not going to talk you to death on that. Um, but I got two more things I kind of want to go over. Um, uh, two more topics I want to touch before moving on. Um, one is uh, the statement Bruce Lee said, empty your cup so that you may be filled, become devoid to gain totality. You know, the proper training attitude when somebody comes to train, empty your cup. You know, Bruce Lee's wisdom encourages a mindset of openness and receptivity. You know, the importance of shedding your preconceived notion. You know, you, you come with an empty cup, not a half full, not a full cup. You'll come to learn, come to learn something. Hopefully in this podcast, you'll 
take the time to learn something. Now, you know, something I, there's a lot of nowadays because of the social media and just the way things have changed, there's this uh, rise of, you know, people call Karenism or, you know, people being Karens. And it's got to suck. Like, you know, a person's name, like, you're Karen. I'm not a Karen. I mean, I saw it on a dating profile, like, <laughs> I, I want somebody who can complain to the waiter for me because I don't want to do it because my name is Karen. And I was like, no. But uh, thanks for the disclaimer that you're a Karen by the name Karen, but don't like the. Anyways, we'll keep moving. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I find when you run into when you're teaching, you run into a Karen that wants to tell you how to teach, what to teach, you know, um, politely remind them to empty their cup, come to, you know, train to learn. Um, not always. You know, the I like to call it the dilemma of the couch potato martial arts aficionado. Somebody who sits around watching a lot of YouTube and they think they know what works best. Uh, that gun defense won't work because I saw all these videos and I'm like, have you trained it? Have you pressure tested it? Um, so, you know, I feel like there's two things that you kind of deal with nowadays because of social media prevalence of YouTube videos. Is you got Karenism, people who think, they know how things should be taught and they'll be quick to be like, well, I like things this way. I want things this way. I'm sorry. Um, this isn't Burger King. You can't have things your way. Uh, I'm the instructor and I have a method and a way that I teach. Um, I'll be as respectful and polite as I can, but you know, there's not, you know, every relationship isn't teaching stu teacher student relationship isn't for everybody there are certain instructors you'll gravitate towards people have different teaching style people have different learning style so if your style is different find somebody that fits you i mean if my style don't work for you i mean you know i'm sure you can find some place that that's going to completely cater to you you know i my goal is to deal with you know self-defense street fighting we deal with stick knife gun empty hand kickboxing grappling mass attack we deal with civilian, law enforcement, military. You know, we, we deal with all those permutations of real world combat. Uh, and and we, we pull from uh, combat sports, you know, but from Jikundo Kali, Krav Maga, and Jiu Jitsu, primarily looking for tactics that are going to work in a, in a street fight, self-defense, military law enforcement, security situation. I mean, a, a situation where we're, you know, you have to deal with, unexpected uncontrolled violence not an organized event in a cage with referees and emts and coaches and you know uh, points and all that stuff like we can pull pull very useful information from that but the goal of what i i do is self-defense street fighting um real world violence and and try to mitigate it not not actively engage in it but um Art of fighting without fighting, you know, de-escalate at all possible. Um, so, you know, like I said, back to like the whole dilemma of the, what I call the couch potato martial arts aficionado or the internet, internet sleuth martial arts aficionado, right? You know, these people watch YouTube videos. They don't train, they don't pressure test, but they have a lot of ideas. They like to go online in forums and argue and debate and chat and this works and it won't work. And then you, you post up a video and it goes viral. And then all of a sudden everybody comes out of the woodwork, making all the 
ridiculous statements. You're like, did you pressure? My, my question to them is, did you pressure test this? Because I pressure test a lot. If not like everything, a majority of everything gets pressure tested at some point. Um, you got to make sure it works under pressure. I mean, there's there's a certain level of skill building. You got to do drills that build skills, but you got to spar to functionalize them. If you don't spar to functionalize them, then you're missing out. If you just do drills, then, you know, you're going to have a hard time making everything work and be functional, right? So, uh, you know, it's a balance between drills that build skills and the specialization training I was talking about earlier, like with the, you know, you know, team sports where they do different specialized training to make them better at their main thing. Um, you know, so, you know, it's a balance. Um, I see the ones who like spar heavy and, you know, people with a ton of bad habits because they're not doing the specialized things. Uh, but, you know, sparring, they, they make it work. There's a balance between drills to build skills and sparring to functionalize the skills. You got to have the two. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode of uh, the Kick-Ass Dad Talks Tactics podcast. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe. Uh, you follow us on YouTube, um, Facebook, and anywhere that you listen to podcasts because uh, this is going to be, you know, on all the major podcast platforms and everything. But uh, thank you for tuning in and look out for the next episode.